This is Brain Fuzz, the art, music, and culture podcast with Joe Camusa and Matthew White. Joe and Matthew return to discuss recent travel in Ohio, the band Squirrel, Jim Jarmusch, art destinations, and artist statements. Strange interactions in the art world ensue. Subterfuge is unearthed. Joe has the audio pick of the day. This is episode 31. Back at the studio complex. Been a while since we've got some catching up to do. A lot of catching up. A lot of catching up to do. Uh, I want to share with you a bit about a trip to Ohio that I made. First, we arrived in Columbus, Ohio. We go to the Wexner Center for the Arts. I don't know if you've been there. I have not. Okay, you need to see this place. Um, And we were there to catch Squirrel's live soundtrack for Man Ray films of the 20s. All right? Now, Squirrel is Jim Jarmusch. How long have you been following? I got really into Squirrel after... Oh, Man Ray? How long? (laughs) So this is his band. Yeah, but it's it's him, it's the core, the core of Squirrel. That's the good. core of Squirrel is uh, Jim Jarmusch and uh, Carter Logan, and then players, you know, in and out kind of thing. So for the Man Ray performance, um, it was just Carter, Logan, and Jim Jarmusch, and they are classified as drone rock, which. I love drone rock. I know a lot of people, especially live, it's, you know, it's, it's tedious and painful for, for, for many. But They give you a seat. It's nice. Yes. We had seats. And it was so, it's in a museum, it was in a museum theater. They're showing the film and they're just live soundtracking. Drums on the left, Jarmusch's rig over on Which the right. consisted of what? Like multiple. People. So he had his, so he had guitar, uh, synth. Stack behind him. I couldn't identify everything. Yeah, he also, I think he had his foot pedal, like a pedal board up on the table. Oh, yes. That's what it, yeah. It was, uh, it was quite an experience. The highlight, though, was at, was after the show, uh, they said, look, don't go up, don't, don't, don't bother them while they're breaking down their equipment, right? <laughs> Just go out to the front. They'll be out later. And I thought, yeah, right, whatever. So, uh, I went out to pick up some merch, some squirrel merch, and picked up the new release, which is EP260. They actually, by the time I picked that up, they come out, and there's a small group of people there. It's not a big deal. And they were standing there, and I got to tell you, Jim and Carter both were just taking their time with, with the fans, right? Which is always nice to see. Um, just a good spirit about them and, and happy to happy to talk and, and, and whatever. So I'm in line and he's telling the guy in front of me about um, the time he met Fellini. So he said, okay. so he says, my good friend Roberto Benini said, and he does a, and he does an impression. Oh. You've got to meet Fellini. You know, I don't know what he calls Fellini. He's like, okay, and he goes on the set, and he's just talking about, oh. the, <laughs> talking about the whole experience of 
these all these characters together and then also watching this director's process, right? I mean, I couldn't get my head around this. He's got this, so he's got this really just even keel. Like I said, good spirit about him. Even keel. He's he 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 would he was just every. He's got very like down here, and he goes, you know, um, every, you know, it was like when I first met Fellini, it would be like, you know, uh, it's always this yeah. this kind of thing, right? So by the time I get up there, I've got the record. He signs it. And I noticed something that will be of particular interest to you, sir. Oh, wow. Yeah. My friend Anton Newcomb. The remix by Anton Newcomb. Goodness. Which we discussed a little bit about Anton a few episodes ago. Did you get any, uh, did you notice it at the time? Did you get some dirt? As I was standing there, I noticed it, um, and I, because I hadn't, I hadn't seen this yet, and... There's got to be a story. Oh, there's a story. So, if you look at my autograph... You know what? I'll, I'll post a picture of this on show notes. But if you look... So, Carter signs right here in the bottom left, uh-huh. but his pen messes up. And he goes... Oh. But I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't mind. As you'll see, it's... Yeah. It's, it's not the best example of penmanship, but it, uh, there's a nice story to it. So, anyway. So, I said, tell me about this remix, and how often does this happen? And he goes, you know, we... Uh, we, you know, Anton is a friend of Carter's. And then he says, hey, Carter, Carter, hey, Carter. And it's like the, the, the volume didn't really go up. Because <laughs> Carter, how long did it take Anton to do this? And he was like, eh, not long. And then he says, um, yeah, it wasn't long. It was like a week or two. We just, we emailed Anton and he says, uh, yeah, we'll do this. And then we got it back and that's it. But I didn't notice he was born in Akron. I know he was from Ohio, yeah. yeah. He's been in New York forever. Yeah. Because I asked him, dude, these Man Ray dates, there were, it was Detroit, um, Columbus, Cleveland, and I think one other. But he was kind of working that rust belt. Yeah. And, that, you know, we talked about that, like, why he chose that. And I mean, a lot of it is because that's where he's from, but then also those. And Detroit plays prominently in Only Lovers Left Alive. If you see, this movie is fantastic. Uh, squirrel soundtrack. It's got a vampire theme to it, but oh, it's totally I still, okay. I still want to see that. Oh, it's good. Oh, it's so good. It's well worth your time. And that's where I really started to get into them. It's just one of those things where to see somebody like that, you think about all the crazy connections and all of the... And yet, you know, this is somebody who's not... I heard an interview with him recently on Fresh Air... And he was talking about how he's still learning to make movies. You know? Sure, yeah. And, and just to have that kind of personality and kind of spirit, it was just, it was great to see. I think what's always amazed me about uh, Jim Jarmusch is just like, he seems to be this collector of just, or a connector of just like really, really amazing, uh, very, very is it idiosyncratic. Uh, but like John Lurie, who is in uh, Stranger Than Paradise, and I think yeah. Down by Law is also yeah. like has a like cult kind of band yeah. thing, and is also if you ever hear an interview with him, like what a raconteur slash. I don't know. You know, I don't know what to think of that guy. He's just amazing. But I would hold on to my wallet if I was talking to him. <laughs> I mean, he's just. 
I, I just can't imagine these guys getting together. It's like, is it just nonstop hysterical stories one after the other? I, it, it was just what amazed me is just how even keel the whole experience was. You know, it's just that. Hey, Carter, Carter. Hey, he did coffee and cigarettes, right? Yes, he did. Yes, he did. And to tie in another recent Brain Fuzz episode, a great uh, um, Iggy Pop documentary recently. And Iggy Pop's some coffee and cigarettes. Yeah, I did watch that. I have a little. I think they tried to hype the Berlin stuff. They made it sound like it was just this complete flop, and I'm like, eh, actually, they did a lot of work together in Berlin. Yeah. Did, yeah. Didn't you but, get that but, feeling? Like oh, they, actually, you know what? Let me correct my. Let me. It was a Stooges documentary. It's not an Iggy Pop documentary. So okay. I think yeah. that what he was doing yeah. was staying focused on Stooges rather than going off in the whole. But I think, which I respect. I respect that, but I feel like they kind of made it sound like that went nowhere, and I was like. Yeah, the way it was presented, it almost it's sounded like. like wait, I thought yeah. like a couple records came out. Definitely an earlier Brain Fuzz audio pick of the day is from the Berlin period. So what else do you see in Ohio? Okay, uh, so after as if that was not enough, the this West, was your reason for going. That was my reason your for raison going. Raison d'être. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. I like it. Um, big Cindy Sherman show at the Wexner. I couldn't believe how big this show was. I don't know if you have, have you seen just like a dedicated Cindy Sherman? Any Cindy Sherman that I see has always been kind of, you know, here a few pieces here and there. And, yeah. Um, this was, this just, it spanned different periods and told the bigger story really well. I don't know if you have a favorite Cindy Sherman period. I don't. Are you not a... I'm, no, I'm respectful. I'm pictures generation for the most part. I'm okay. still one of those, like, eh. Really? Yeah. Not my favorite. I hadn't... I don't believe that I have seen... If I'm, I might have seen a few pieces here and there, but the newer work, I really enjoyed her latest work. And kind of seeing that and seeing how it fits into the story... Um, I, it, it was, I mean, I think she's amazing in terms of the building, like building the sets and, and yeah. the models and the makeup, like that whole attention to detail, etc. And yet, I'm just, eh. I, I've heard that leveled against like Gregory Crudson. Oh you know, yeah, like oh, well, it's, it's like a stage set. Oh, okay, but um, I don't know. For some reason, like I find his work more appealing you? than hers. She certainly deserves yeah. her place. And, if you're just asking me what I... You know, that's, that's, that's an interesting compare and contrast there. Yeah. I, I would say I like Crudson's work a little more, but I don't know if that's just the presentation, the... It's because you're a man, Matthew. Oh, yeah, that's what it is. Uh, let me... I've got shouts out for this whole thing. While we were in Columbus, Roy G. Biv yeah. Gallery, small gallery, you know those guys? It's a color wheel reference. Yeah. yeah. Um, Magnolia Thunderpussy. Yeah. You been there? No. Uh, that is in Short North next to a great venue, Scully's Music Diner. But the Magnolia Thunderpussy is a great record shop if you have, have an opportunity. I've heard good things. They don't have a shortage of great record shops. There's also uh, Spoonful Records in Columbus. And... Uh, if you're looking, well, if you're looking for a bite to eat and some beverages, Rock Mill Tavern really surprised me. 
I mean, that was that was something, and I didn't expect. Just kind of, kind of happened. More on the art front in Columbus, there was one place that was on my list. I stopped. Not open. Oh yeah. Yeah. During normal, what would be normal? What would for most people be normal normal business hours, which you know how that goes, right? This, but this was not. This was not. It was more of a kind of reach out. So you don't want to call and try to make an appointment, and then Mm-mm. they're like waiting to run the run your card kind of feeling. Yeah, well, that right. Yeah, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna find out more about that though. I, I think they're open. I think they're still they're functioning, but there was no signage or anything to indicate that that's a going concern. And there was a, there were several flights of stairs involved, and then and other tenants. Ooh. You know, one of those situations. And you uh, walk into somebody's <laughs> living room like this is amazing. This is my house. Get yeah, out. yeah. Oh, I thought this was an art exhibition. But I'm really, I'm really curious about it, so I'm going to find out more before I... And, um, you know, the Pizzuti collection. You know about that? I don't. It's there. I tell you, it was great. Then off to Cleveland. Required stop at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I made a note here. I have trouble buying a T-shirt that says Rebel in an overpriced gift shop. Where, where a self-guided tour path ends. Did you, uh, did you drive? Yes. Well, flew and then drove from, from between. Yeah. So no, no, no stopover in Dayton. No, I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do. No, I'm going back. I'll go. And it's worth. I mean, you need a week. I, I just I crammed way too much into a weekend. I uh, one other in Cleveland. There was one place close for installation, but I was invited to attend the fundraiser that night. <laughs> That's nice. Yeah. Uh, which, like, you know, I laugh because I can, I just, this is from familiar territory for us, isn't it? Oh, totally. Um, Transformer Station, great facility, great space. Had some great work there. Really surprised by Cleveland Museum of Arts. Uh, they had some surprises in there that you just would not expect to see. Mocha, by the way. I've got an interesting exchange that I want to share with you. Yeah. I'm, 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 I'm in the show. It's a great show. I'm enjoying walking around and just kind of taking it all in. But I notice on the on the sheet it says that a particular piece is 64 by 54. And I look at it and it's not there's this is not 64 by 54. So I walk over to the attendant docent guard not a docent and not a guard. It was it was Somebody that worked in the museum. Someone who worked in the museum. I walk over to someone who worked in the museum. There were like four of them in this big room. I mean, it was, it was really overkill for what was. I said, I said, this sheet must be wrong. I'm trying to figure out more about this piece. And it says the dimensions are 64 by 54. And that's clearly not the piece. And she goes, no, that's 64 by 54. Is that the name of the piece? No, dimensions. Who's the artist? Uh, I forget. Do you have a picture of it? No, I didn't. So I said, that's not 64 by 54. It's 64 by 54. And I said... Centimeters or inches? Are they on the metric system? It was inches. It was inches. Because everything else made sense. But she wanted to get into an argument about this with me. Yeah. And I told her, I said, get a tape measure. (laughs) Because by this point, I was... Could you get a rule? Everything else matched up but that one piece. 
Is this and some she conceptual was, conceit, though, where it's well, like actually the area, like like an afterimage around the actual? It's a it's a painting. It's a what is? It was it? a painting. That's, and is so it I framed? thought, is it? No, it's just like all right. So stretch on yeah. the stretcher hanging. Yeah, on and the wall. it didn't have any. It didn't extend. It wasn't like sculptural. So it didn't, shadows with the sides. How no, far I, there's on? no way. And and. and I want more. I want rather more. than rather than argue, rather than. Did you ask for a tape measure? Oh, I did. <laughs> I did oh, because at did that point like she was. The, uh, we got a <laughs> we got a code seventy two here, belligerent guest. Get out the, the problem. No, it was just a weird thing because she was adamant and she was not going to dispute what was in black and white on that. You know, there wasn't even any any show of any kind of curiosity whatsoever as to. Oh. Yeah. That was a strange encounter. And so she, we were fine to just leave it at that, and did I walked you, away. Did you agree to disagree? I should love that. Not even, no, we didn't agree. To, we just, it just, it was not, we weren't going to question it, is what it boiled down to. Everything else. Did they watch you for the rest of your stay? No, 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 it was indifference. That's what it was, it was indifference. Yeah. Um... Chalking that up to like that northeast uh, malaise, you think? <laughs> Rust Belt malaise. Could be. Uh, but no, I no across the board. The people there had blast. You know, it's just people, this. Yeah. I love it. Uh, let's see. That was a that was an episode in it in, in itself. Yes. Yeah. We we have lots of notes for today. Well, I think an ongoing segment, or soon to be an ongoing segment. Um, we were talking about statements and uh, come across a statement that really just kind of hit all my pressure points <laughs> and then some and uh, I kind of got into one of those compare and contrast with uh, maybe a slight uh, different take on, on a statement because I mean you know I, I know the dreaded artist statement people artists hate them Curators seem to hate them, yet it seems to be a necessary evil at certain stages in certain people's careers. You need one to at least set the stage for what's going on. We talked about that with a recent guest no. who doesn't have one. Yes, purposely. That's right. And which is, you know, that's great if you can pull that off. Uh, you know, my take is short and sweet, just something to kind of start a conversation, give a reference point. But sometimes I read something and it's just so over the top that you basically I spit beer out of my mouth. And but uh, so we were just kind of laughing about this and um, talking about it. And I wasn't trying to like call out a particular artist. And uh, which we we struggled with. We, we did. did. And we, yeah. You know, we we went around the block a few times on that. But then we realized there was more to the story. Well, and uh, you know, since there's this thing called Google, um, I just you know you mentioned that you're like I bet you. You know, you could type in a few keywords, which I yeah, I get that, and yet I didn't do it. You did, and you I did. You read it, read it first. Well, it first. there were just some key phrases here, and this is only part of it, but it's using words like investigation, uh, investigation into representations of, and in uh, parentheses, seemingly concrete ages and situations, as well as depictions and ideas that can only be realized in painting. Only. Which that right there is. And then it just drops, this is the best part, by using popular themes such as sexuality, family structure, and violence. 
the work references post-colonial theory as well as the avant-garde or the postmodern and the left-wing democratic movement <laughs> as a form of resistance against the logic of the capitalist market system. I wish I had a sound effect of like a toilet flushing. Right there. I mean, that, that's amazing, but... So there was a mixture of disgust, disbelief, confusion, disorientation, and yeah. discombobulation. Yeah. And so I said, surely, let's before we put the before we put the commit this to tape, let me let me look this up. And I found the same language among statements of other artists. Which, which is amazing. And, and then I'm like You are Bob Woodward. Red red flags. Yeah, red flags. And then I stumble on something called 500letters.org, which I had never seen or heard. So it's a statement generator, per se, slash kind of art project in and of itself. And there are a lot of really funny artist mm -hmm. generators, or statement generators out there. Yeah. And, um, ar and artist generators, that's too. That's true, yeah. But this was, a, so this was, a, this is an automated artist statement generator and you plug in certain, um, and it's been around a while, this is not, you know. Um, but to use something that you generate that, I can see doing it for a laugh. To actually put that on your website. Yeah. Like when I did some searches, like I have screenshots of, I'd say at least 15 or so artists that have used this seriously yeah. on their websites and screenshots of Google lists just by using words like concrete ages and uh, post-colonial theory as well as the avant-garde or the postmodern, And it's just like, are you serious? And some people, though, like sandwich it amongst, you know, like 14 other paragraphs that I don't know who the hell would ever want to read that, but it, it, they should be thrown out. We found one, we found one artist who, who, um, who credited it. And, 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 you know, you, you're kind of in on the joke then, and you know, yeah. and, and I like that, you know. Um, but I think your concern was with all of the artists that that don't hint at all that that you know. No, but to be, and then if you look at the work, that's another thing. Like, I mean, seriously, this could be a class in and of itself, just to like make a work that looks like this statement. Yeah. I mean, you could spend a semester probably trying to throw all that. Um, I don't know. I'm just so tired of like just the, all the phoniness and the the bullshit rigor around some people's practices. I mean, come yeah. on, like, yeah. But you know, all right, you want to well, so become a marketer? Go for it. What are the key? Give me, throw some key phrases. Give it to me again. Uh, work is an investigation into representations of seemingly concrete ages. Okay, so in this automated generator. You enter your, uh, you know, ge uh, name, gender. It asks for gender, which, yeah, well, I think that's a big no-no. That's I, because in that second part it says like, there's a blank there for whether his or her in the old days Oof. works reference post-colonial theory. Okay, um, I omitted that to protect the uh, the innocent. So, un but under media, then you fill in. You just 
pick. It says select one medium. And then, and then it says, I also work with not required, select multiple. And then, and then where you get those phrases like you just read under my main themes are pick three. Each theme generates 100 words or 500 letters. <laughs> oh. So then if you pick abstraction, you know, there's abstraction, aesthetics, alienation, appropriation, archive, chance, concept, confusion, craftsmanship, um, poetics, pop culture. You know, any of these could, you don't know what it's going to throw out. And uh, I was fascinated by this and just, I love I love what this person has done here. That is very clever. I'm uh, there. Yeah. I'm, I'm just I'm more seething over somebody thinking they're getting away with having this in yeah. there. And see, I don't know. I don't know what. I don't know how many of these people are actually thinking that they're. I mean, are they thinking they're getting away with something, or are they? Are they? Do they like being part of an inside joke? I don't oh, know. I don't think it's jokey. I think you it's, don't. it's people trying to make themselves look smart by stealing other people's words so at this site people you can go in and then you can post whatever statement you come out with and people go in and fill in artists you know well-known artists um and to see what comes out well i think i told you i keep a file of statements that i have enjoyed or find uh, enlightening. Yes. Uh, and, you know, my goal in life is still, like, I'd love to have one sentence as an artist statement. Right. Like, that would be great. Just short, sweet, and let the work take over. Um, but um, I was lucky enough to have this given to me. Uh, and it's a statement. It's a little unorthodox, perhaps. But um, Jane Hammond uh, wrote this. And apparently she wrote it, um, I think this was specifically for... Um, something she was doing at uh, Lamar Dodd School of Art years ago. Um, and it's just called Paintings. But, um, and as you can see, we're going to post a link. We'll be on the show notes. We'll be on the show notes. But um, it almost looks like uh, a ransom note slash uh, perhaps uh, fortune cookies, like, you know, glued down onto a slightly crumpled piece of paper. But uh, it's just a very, in my mind, it was a very freeing um, Exercise in terms of like maybe what the work's about or what it's not about, and uh, you know, in one comment, it's like yes, uh, not narrative but meta narrative. Um, perhaps having flat space, deep space, intense color, uh, black and white, tight, messy, and it goes on. And it's like three pages long, but it just was like a very creative. I hadn't seen something yeah. like kind of a, a deconstructed artist statement, um, and I guess that's just my thought. Like if you're in the arts, why in the world would you? Stoop to using something that clearly, like a ton of people have already used online, yeah, yeah. versus yeah. have some fun with it. But yeah. to also be like, are you you really think you're going to get away with it? Especially like it's really, I mean, hard people, you know, well read, smart, like they're going to see through that. That's in a why it's second. hard for me to believe that that stuff is that they're serious. I don't know, but this so this example that you've provided here is is great because it. Um, it just takes that idea of the artist statement and changes it, turns it around for both the artist and the viewer. And the, what bothers me about what we've, what we've discovered here is that you and I both accepted that on its face at first. 
Like, yeah, we said, okay, but, this is this is nuts. But, but I think we knew, you know, it had enough of the it, it, it had enough of the correct buzzwords to make the, it the audacity of it. I mean, especially that that line about that can only be realized in painting. I mean, like I remember thinking, like something obviously set off an alarm in me. Where yeah. I mean, I read a lot of crappy statements, yeah. and you're just like, okay, yeah, whatever. Yeah, um, this well, one was so bad that you're like, there's something more to, to share it, to waste precious life going over it. Yeah, and then of course you find somebody who's technically savvy. Yeah, cracks the code. What, what makes them when when you say? Um, crappy what makes them crappy in your mind overly wordy or trying to you know it's about this 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 and that yeah. and maybe this and then yeah. throwing in like ambiguity and liminal space and yeah uh through the lens of you know just all the the, the tropes or or more so cliches like you know and like i said i set myself up here my statement it's, is very 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 simple it's, but it's 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 but a very difficult thing to do is. for any artist. It is very hard. Where, wherever but you are, I think are. it's that's where, like I said, like the Jane Hammond thing. I find myself going back to, or I'll hand that out to a class, because I think it's a good model in terms of to always. I mean, I feel like I'm always working on trying to rewrite a statement or you know reframe like the work that I'm working on in a more honest, direct way. Um, and stripping out all of the, and I think it's a crutch for a lot of folks to use, like you know, the the, the coded language yeah. of the art world, and yeah. um, I mean, decontextualized, and you know, like after a while, like really, can you create what you create and let the? I think uh, that's that's where it comes from for me. Does it? Um, do you think that? Okay, so you say it's used as a crutch. Um, I always appreciate just reading an authentic statement. This is what it, this is what. This is what I do, and this is this is roughly what the this is how roughly how what I how I make how I create what I create, and there's a place to start in. Well, even Mike Kelly, I think his some of his writing uh, it, that's something I've always aimed for. You know, it's a lot of times he's barely talking about formal, and he's, he's talking about like you know seeing Iggy Pop being so important to him. Uh, to bring it local, I still have a line in my head from Andy Moon Wilson who said, I, w- I want to make a drawing, I'm paraphrasing, but I, I want to make a drawing that makes somebody sick. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, okay, let's do it. There's more I mean, to dig into with that. Right. Yeah. And I think that's fantastic versus pages and pages of, you know. You, uh, in episode 30, you, you hinted at this earlier, but Paul Stephen Benjamin, multidisciplinary yeah. artist, uh, does not have a statement, and he said, uh, in our conversation, he said, you know, the work is the statement. Which I, I That's, love that he has that freedom. He's earned that to yeah. get to that point. And, uh, you, you asked him, though, how, did, how has that affected? Yeah, or how did he, like, specifically, it was like, how did you get through grad school with that? And then obviously, you know, you have to just stick to your guns. And I think once yeah. people realize you're not, it's, it's not just like, you're, trying to not, you're not trying to be clever or get around something it's like you know he has a very valid reason for it and it's solid it's solid it is solid that was a great that was a great conversation on this yeah definitely. on this topic but um we, you know maybe we may post a little bit we'll, we're going to link to the the good and the bad <laughs> at uh at show notes brainfuzzpodcast.com before we get to the audio pick of the day i got to say a word about artstie.com. Artstie.com provides the largest jobs and career resource site for jobs in the arts. And we all know that if you have a job in the arts, 
or you're considering a career in arts administration maybe, it can be a very difficult field to navigate. And you know, traditional job sites uh, just don't do it justice. It's a, it's a different field, you know? Oh, completely. It's a whole different world. The people at Arts Tie understand this and have created the perfect destination. Whether you're looking to post jobs or you want job alerts maybe, you can just be curious about what's out there. That's fine too. Check it out. Visit artstie.com. That's artstie, A-R-T-S-T-I-E.com. Oh, why do you catch my eye then turn away? I thought we said all the things we had to say. Sean said you saw you holding hands with your new friend. How does it feel? Know you just one again. Don't give me that. Cause you were seen. Everything one thinks he knows that you can have your dream. listening to here the wedding present formed 1985 in leeds england did you pick this up while we were in uh... well there's a story oh okay all right so this is kind of a a meta a moment um so these guys were um you know contemporaries of the fall of course who've recorded i think 600 albums in their career i'm kidding but uh buzzcocks a gang of four so they're coming up in that era um had like i'd say at least 20 members in their over their career they've did a number of records, um, kind of fizzled out, I guess, maybe either late 90s, early 2000, or kind of had switched to a different name, and one of those kind of things. Anyway, they reformed in 2004. The record that I'm picking today is, uh, is a reissue, and it's called George Best 30. And George Best was a famous, infamous footballer, and he's proudly on the cover. So the original record, George Best, came out in 1987. And it's kind of like, and it's been something that I've I've had on cassette. It very, very, I've just never been able to find it. Uh, so I was amazed when I found um, George Best 30 uh, on red vinyl, no less. So this was recorded in 2007. So it's really 20, not 30. But anyway, but so they sat on it. Mm-hmm. Okay, so recorded in 2007. They were um, in Chicago recording their record El Rey with uh, Steve Albini. Okay. Stickler in the studio. So the band, I guess, had you know, kind of gotten back together. They'd been playing this record on the road from start to finish. We're kind of ahead of that curve, you know, when suddenly everybody would show up and play their, yeah. their big hit album, yeah. I think. Maybe it was around that era. Um, so the band was really yeah. tight, and um, they requested, like, you know, like, hey, we're s- they were done recording for their El Rey. And they thought, let's, uh, let's record it live in the studio, just play and of course Albini protested because he's got some real issues you know he's a character we could talk could do a whole issue episode a whole, a whole episode <laughs> just on him but uh, I guess he he gave in and um, so they you know played it straight through it's it's faster than the original but there's some key differences like the production obviously is so much better um, the original I think had like uh, I know it was electronic drums and I'm pretty sure doing some fact checking they were Simmons electric Really? drums if you remember yeah. those things yeah. which I'm wondering how many like carpal tunnel injuries those things <laughs> cause hitting plastic yeah. heads um, 
anyway, and replacing that with a real drummer, et cetera. So this record just kind of has a, a nice feel to it. Um, it's 489 out of 500 on the uh, New Musical Express's uh, 500 Greatest Albums of All Time. And the weird thing is it's been re-released, at least here in the States, by a label out of Athens, HHBTM, which is like Happy Happy Birthday to Me Records. And um, so I just think that's such a wow. really interesting you know, kind of connection. I have some cool um, 45s by these guys that have just, you know, like just some like chance upon them, you know, in record stores in Athens. And you're just like, where did this come from? All the while hunting George Best, the original really? on vinyl, which I still don't still, think yeah. it exists, except with those bootleg illegal Tom yeah. Woods records from Europe. Yeah, right. Um, anyway, so that's why I picked this record. And it's wow. just classic, you know, kind of post-punk, um, very, very cynical lyrics. Uh, but it moves, and I'm really, I think the, the, the interplay between the bass and drums is what really does it for me. future episode on mono versus stereo beetles oh yeah cartridges and uh yeah a lot to go over but we're, we're gonna beetles skip mono that is the way to go yeah i mean well, they're different it. mixes i learned I mean, you will ton. hear things yeah. that are not on yeah That's it's crazy I, I love them it's crazy so it's moments like that that make me believe okay this whole vinyl thing i mean there's there's something to it yeah, it's not all just hype, but there's so much out there that you just got to plow through. Um, all right, everything we've talked about here, almost everything, linked at brainfuzzpodcast.com. That's where we keep the show notes. And um, look forward to our next episode. And yeah, we've got some interesting guests and guest candidates coming up. Get them through the vetting process extreme vetting of uh, connect with Joe and Matthew and find out more about this and other episodes at brainfuzzpodcast.com on social media share your thoughts and comments with hashtag brainfuzzpodcast special thanks to HHBTM records purchase the wedding presents George Best 30 and other titles at hhbtm.com